What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Matt Sports Episode 6. My name is Drake. You can call me Big Draco. And this is Joe Skursky, a.k.a. Mopey Seeker. Well, Joe, after a, a nice wild card weekend, what do we got for him this week? Well, we're going to recap last week, the, the wild, wild card weekend that we got in the NFL. We're going to recap our picks, how we fared there, and overall touch on some of those games in general. We're going to dive deep into the upcoming games here, give our picks in each of those, see if we have another strong week in us there. And then after that, we're going to bring out some questions specifically that I have tailored for today, and we're going to take it from there, see what happens. We have reached episode six, which is our Drake episode, you know, six for Drake. So this is our, our six God episode. Six God. All right. Um, well, let's just get right into into Wild Card Weekend. What was uh, what kind of thoughts are you left with after that? It was a pretty, pretty crazy week. Some upsets there, and exciting actually. I got one thing to say, Drake. How about them Cowboys? Oh yeah, the Cowboys. That's that's the what you ended with your picks. What like five and one, and I'm four and two. On the overall picks there, um, it was which we knew it was going to come down to. But uh, honestly, the Cowboys, <laughs> yeah, they won. I am happy the Bucks lost because I don't want to see Tom Brady playing another Super Bowl. But um, uh, it, the, they didn't. The Cowboys were supposed to win that game. You know, the, there's nothing really exciting about it. They didn't really excite me. The only thing impressive really for that game was the. The four missed extra points from that Bucks uh, Cowboys kicker. So um, the run game, the Bucks run game, or lack thereof, is just awful. So it's very, it was very sad watching Tom Brady throw the ball like almost sixty times and them running the ball not even ten. So it was very a very bad game for me to watch. But the Cowboys were supposed to win that game. They didn't do anything. Personally, for me, I don't know what you've seen, but they didn't do anything that made me trust the Cowboys any less than I already did. So, well, I think you're half right. I think the that about that went about how I expected it to. You know, obviously, I picked the Cowboys, and I I think I had them winning by two scores. So they they outperformed that, but it was the reasons that were really really highlighted. Like you mentioned, the the Bucks run game being non-existent, them throwing you know, a five to one ratio for pass to rush, I think is what it ended up being is exactly what we, you know, we kind of talked about and what I specifically said would play into the Cowboys hands. You know, obviously Maher missing those extra points kept me nervous. As far as my pick, I just felt like eventually Tom Brady would pull something out of his, you know, what, and keep things going, but it never happened. And a big part of that is that Dak was about as perfect as he's been in his entire career. So that was the big thing for me was how sharp Dak looked. Now, I don't know if that's something that can continue, but really that was the only part of that game that that really surprised me besides besides the Buccaneers just utterly fluttering in that game and just being really really lackluster. They they never got it going and the the Buccaneers get to have perhaps putting the nail in the coffin on Brady or at least the the Buccaneers and how they're currently constructed. So not a ton of surprises, but I do think Dak deserves some sort of shine and shout out from from his performance specifically. Yeah, he he played better than I thought because, like, I just don't. He's just been very inconsistent. Led the league in picks, missed some games too, and it's just it was good to see him play games because you know he's he was made out like this this star so. Um, the Cowboys can stay hot as like the spotlight gets brighter for them? Or do you think eventually, obviously, you know, we kind of gave who we, we see in the Super Bowl so we know our pick for that game. But, you know, do you think they can stay hot as a spotlight gets brighter there for them? I think they can continue to play good ball. I do think, you know, that Dak will come down to earth a little bit and things will definitely be harder than they were in, in Tampa. So I guess we'll see, you know, we'll, we'll get into that specific game for, for Dallas and in San Francisco a little bit later. So I don't want to tip my hand too early, but I definitely see them coming back down to earth at least a little bit, but they did show that they're, 
you know, at, at, at the very least, you know, they belong to have gotten a, a, at least one playoff win this year. So they have at least reached the, the floor that they should have had with the roster that they have. Yeah. Um, well, I'm not a big fan of the Cowboys, so I don't want to talk about them much more because we have to talk about them again later. So um, how about let's just dive into the Bills game. Bills Dolphins. Ooh, the Bills. Um, well, in a word, let's say shaky. Uh, I definitely don't feel great about pick about them being my uh, Super Bowl pick. With how you know, talk about lackluster. That's how they looked, and they looked reckless. I think that's even a better word. You know, Josh Allen did his very best to throw away the game after it looked like they were about to bury the Dolphins. But you know, like you and I kind of were talking about during the game, the Bills aren't built to 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 play, play from a, a lead especially because they don't have a strong run game and and Josh Allen is so reckless he had 32 turnovers this year which is a lot and with that I, I I can't say I'm totally off them but it was definitely not what I wanted to see from them tap uh, tip the cap to the Dolphins for the fight that they showed that game had no business being as close as it was I think without the you know if the Miami receivers could have caught some passes. They, we might be talking about a different team going into this week, but you know, they had a, a third string seventh round rookie quarterback. So it's, it was very impressive for, for that, from that aspect that the, the Dolphins even like made it a game. But yeah, it's Josh Allen taking care of the ball is, is very worrisome for me. And they're they're the superpower offense, right? They're they're a superpower, super powerful team. They they have all these these stars, these weapons. They have Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and they they make it exciting. But almost blow it to a team like that, you you do get very very worried for them. And their defense isn't playing that great either right now. So. No, definitely not, especially not last week. You know, letting Skylar Thompson and company really do that, especially with the drops like you mentioned. Like, that's that's not a great look. And this is where they definitely miss Von Miller, that's for sure, as well as, you know, Micah Hyde, as well as DeMar Hamlin. So they're they're hurting on defense, you know, missing some some really key marquee names out there. So they're you know, they're, that's definitely harder to trust them. They've got to overcome, and they've got to look a lot better if they want to live up to any of the hype that they have that I gave them that they really should be trying to to get to. And kind of talking about them looking shaky and, and pulling out a win against a, a shaky, if not, you know, bad team. Uh, their opponent this week, the Bengals, also, they also struggled against Tyler Huntley. So, and it the, that game really came down to that 98-yard fumble recovery. Um, and just as a quarterback, I don't, I don't know what the mentality is there, but I don't see a reason to go over the top on that. You know, I see them normally you try to go through the pile, you try to follow alignment, put your shoulder down and have the people behind you push. But, you know, he made that decision to go over the top and that's where you miss Lamar. You know, Uh, I do see that if Lamar played, there would have been a completely different outcome there, which kind of hurts me because the Bengals as like with you, with the, the Bills, the Bengals are my Super Bowl pick. So, you know, seeing shaky first rounds from our Super Bowl picks is definitely very nerve-wracking. They get to play each other this week. And, and yeah, I mean, other than the the fumble recovery, there's nothing really interesting happened that game. You didn't see the electric offense from the Bengals. Uh, the You've seen... The Ravens defense is good. And like like I said, without without Lamar, they lose that game. With Lamar, they they definitely win that game. One hundred percent. The the Ravens defense has Joe Burrow's number the past couple of years and they they held them down. I mean, the Bengals only put up 17 points on offense. And like you alluded to, that was the Ravens game to win. They were they were chewing up a victory there and then they spit it out. They didn't want to take it. They they gave it away that that QB dive, sneak, jump to the goal line, whatever that was, that was just terrible. And that was about as bad of an outcome as you can get there. Because even three points would have been 
monumental. That would have been huge with the way that that was going. So if Lamar plays, you know, obviously if everything else stayed the same, they, they win that game. But as we know, you know, perhaps the energy would have been very different on the Bengals sideline and they would have had more urgency, but that game was a, it was kind of a, a slow burn. It was, you know, very much defensive, which I don't mind at all. But at the end of the day, the the offense for the Ravens gave the game away. And again, they spat out the victory that they could have very much been digesting and heading into another week of football. And they, the Bengals uh, lost their, their left tackle, uh, Jonah Williams. That's correct. Yep. And that's big for them too because – you know, they fixed their O-line, but now both their tackles and their right guard is hurt. So, you know, it's it's a struggle for them. I'll, I'll, you know, offensive line is very important. So having all those injuries, we see back to Joe Burrow's rookie year where, you know, he was just getting hit. And back to last year even, like, you know, that is really hard for an offense, very hard for a, a throwing offense especially. And so hopefully they can for personally, because they're my Super Bowl pick, hopefully they can work it out and he comes back and and they're good to go. So. Yep, both our Super Bowl picks stumbled out the gate. We'll we'll see what they have in store this week as again, it's it's zero and zero every week of the NFL playoffs. One of the beauties of single elimination in the playoffs. And speaking of single elimination. Man, were we right about the Vikings. Six weeks now, we've been right. Yeah, we called it – I called it week one. They're a first-round exit, and I've been saying it every episode almost all year. Fraud, they're – I, I just I, – I knew they were, <laughs> were a first-round exit. I just I, – I knew it. No matter who going into that game, uh, the Vikings weren't going to beat. And I'm very happy about that because, you know, all this talk about how how can the Vikings be a first-round exit when, you know, they're 12-4, and four, such a good record, blah, blah, blah. Every week it was just, you know, they, they keep winning these close games, and it's like how it, it caught up to them. And I said it last week, you said it last week, that was going to be the one possession game that the Vikings weren't going to come out with a win. And the Giants impressed me. Yes, it was against the Vikings, and and that defense is just awful. But what they were coming out with, and they were throwing at them. You know, they they were explosive from the jump. Um, Saquon looked great. Uh, Daniel Jones looked good. Their receivers, you know, I can't even name them. They're they're who they're no names, but you know, they looked even like they were playing well and their defense played good. The Giants definitely impressed me there. But like I said, uh, if I was the Giants, I wanted to go in into Minnesota and play play the Vikings. And it, it panned out. Like you said, we've been calling it for six weeks. Me and you have been calling it even longer than that. Um, the Vikings are a fraud. They were proved first round exit, like I said. Yeah, absolutely. And you were, you were, like you said, you were ready to go right from the jump, regardless of who they played. For me, for a while, I was thinking if they get the Giants, they'll be okay for a round. And then eventually I, I switched gears, especially after we got a chance to see those two teams play in the regular season, which played a huge benefit to the Giants. One thing, you know, you said they were very impressive, which they were. Daniel Jones, forget looking like Eli Manning. He looked like Peyton Manning that game, carving up the you know the the Vikings defense Peyton Manning if he were mobile I gotta you know remember that Daniel Jones is a runner but the the Giants were definitely impressive with the game plan that they had Brian Dayball is clearly an excellent coach for the work that he's done with that team and even more so it's the fact that they had no fear of the Vikings they didn't they did not play like they were a six seed going at a three seed that had 12 13 wins whatever it was and something that really kind of caught my eye during the game, too, is when it was it, it was close. Obviously, it was close throughout. But one of the players on the Giants sideline, I couldn't make out who it was. He was facing the crowd doing the skull chant, which is just so disrespectful. And it made me just think about it. And I'm like, no one in the NFL respects the Vikings, respects their skull chant. I remember at the Packer game, at during and after the game, we were all, you know, mocking the skull chant. <clears throat> 
it's no one, no one respects them. And we didn't. And it obviously came to fruition there. Like, you know, hats off for that regular season, but it was such a poetic death the way it all came down for a one possession loss, having a defense that just looked utterly, utterly awful and having Kirk Cousins be checked down Charlie in the biggest moment of their season. Every single thing we touched on there came to fruition. We were close on the score, but we were right on the money with that that one possession streak coming to an end and the Giants advancing. I, I I'm just I'm very happy <laughs> that they lost and I'm very happy that they uh, like you kind of like you touched on a three yard pass when you needed eight is just such a Kirk Cousins way to lose the game. Yeah, it was uh it was definitely definitely a tough scene for Kirk. You never you never want to see a season end like that where you don't even give it a chance. Like that's that's almost the equivalent of throwing it away on fourth down instead of giving one of your players a chance. Like it was basically, you know, the same thing there. Throw it up to Justin Jefferson. Like, you know, yeah, your odds still aren't great, but I'll take that over, you know, Hawkinson taking a three yard catch and turning it into 10 yards with open field. It wasn't even open field. So like that was that was just an all-time, all-time poor, safe decision. Again, check down Charlie Kirk really came to to live up to to that that I've been kind of calling him for a couple weeks here. And get don't get me wrong, I like Kirk Cousins. I actually have a jersey of his from his Redskins days, but uh, that's you know that's his flaw. He's you know he's too safe when you need him to be risky, and then he's too risky when you need him to be safe. Which you know that it stinks. It is what it is. But we won't have to. We won't be talking about the Vikings again for for a while now. Well. Uh, never mind. I have a question for you later about the Vikings, but for now, Ew. at least when talking about the playoffs, they are out of discussion. I don't want to talk about the Vikings again. Um, let's. So we've been right, you know, so far, except for me. But a game that we both got wrong was that that uh, Jags game. We were both kind of back and forth there. It was a very we, last week, we said it was very tough for us to decide which one we wanted to give the edge to. We ultimately gave the edge to the wrong team, and the Jags were able to to pull out a victory there. Um, Trevor Lawrence celebrating at the Waffle House. Iconic. Uh, I like that. By him, though, and, and you put him down by 27 like points. <laughs> and, you know, the, o- the only thing you can rely on for the Chargers is for them to choke. So... Outcome wasn't surprised by, you know, I looked away for a little bit when they were down 27 points and I think you kind of told me it was a game again. And I came back and watched the rest and Trevor Lawrence played well. They ended up winning by one and we, we took an L on that pick, but it's not an L I'm upset about because, you know, we were high on the Jags all year. I just ultimately had to give, the Chargers the edge because I, I thought they were a better team, but you know, they're to be up by 27 points and win the game, honestly. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that was, that was kind of a game where, you know, like you said, we went back and forth and picking it. And ultimately we didn't have the, uh, the information of Mike Williams being out quite yet. So maybe that would have changed our pick, but regardless you stick with your pick and you root for your pick and, it seemed very early on, obviously, like the Chargers were going to roll. And, you know, credit to to us, though, and, you know, kind of when, you know, that game was a blowout is we, we were talking about it. The Chargers aren't built to play with a lead. Their run game is, is awful. And with that, it, it, it showed. They couldn't run the ball. And they blew that 27-point lead without turning the ball over even, which is shocking. It was just three and outs, and it was giving the ball right back to the Jaguars and allowing them to to cook and allowing Trevor Lawrence to look like he was back at Clemson and look like, you know, Saturday Trevor. So ultimately the the Chargers got what they deserve. They're, you know, the Chargers charger. That's that's always been their thing, unfortunately. And that's that dates back to the Phillip Rivers days that uh, that date back before then. Ah, oh, well, I, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. I want to say you wore number 14. Uh, it'll come to me. But regardless, the uh, the the Chargers just seem to always have this happen to them. And obviously, there's going to be consequences. And heads are going to roll, and they already have. You know, they fired the offensive coordinator. Uh, I think it's Joe Lombardi. I believe they lost – they let go of their quarterback coach as well. But somehow, Brandon Staley survives 
What do you think about that? Do you think this loss is on him? Do you think the loss is on Lombardi and they made the right choice? I I don't even know. Like, it's very – that was very hard for me because I was thinking about that as well. I thought for sure he was out. I thought he was gone. I thought he didn't have a job anymore. Um, But, you know, there were just so many – problems that that went down even like defense penalties you know Joey Bosa had two personal fouls that you know cost them and it's just it's, it's very I don't know where the blame lies on I think it's just the organization as a whole which would fall on the head coach but you know, obviously they they felt like he was fine and it wasn't his fault, so they kept him and and we'll see what the Chargers can do in the future. But yeah, it the the Joey Bosa penalties were big. They were all they were both on big plays. Yes, I I'm I'm with it. He was held, but you know you don't throw your helmet on the sideline. That ref also kind of in the first one it, it felt like he was kind of kind of egging him on he was he followed him to the sideline which you can't like i don't think that they should be able to do that you know bosa walked away said his piece you know he he held me which he did and the ref proceeded to to follow him and ended up throwing the flag which you know that hurt so it's i don't want to blame it on that but like those were big they were those were big and like i said i it like i thought you know staley was out but he's not, so he's got a short leash. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I don't. It's not my place to say anything. You know, I'm just a, I'm a fan. So obviously, they've seen something that you know fans don't see. So yeah, you know what they saw? Dallas signs. They said. Brandon Staley is one of the cheapest head coaches in the league. We don't like spending money. Sean Payton's going to cost $20 million a year while Staley makes four. Let's, let's keep him. Give him another shot. We made the playoffs. That's, that's a step in the right direction. That's what they saw. Dollar signs. This is a money decision by, by the Chargers. And ultimately, Lombardi is the fall guy for it, but he definitely did his part to end up in where he fell because that offense all year – play calling was just head scratching you know whether they were doing well or not it was always it always felt like that offense should be more explosive than it was so I a change definitely had to be made there Staley's a defensive guy so I guess he gets to survive uh the you know the overall changing of the guard when it comes to you know heads rolling for that that royal meltdown that they had there so it's I, I understand it I don't know I don't agree with that decision I'm I'm not a big Brandon Staley guy but we'll we'll see as time goes on he again he's got a short leash he probably has one year to to really prove it there and it's it irks me because man we were I was so close at least having a six and a week which would have been you know it's always good to feel smart and for to, to root for your picks and and also I like Justin Herbert but like you said the the Jags are a silver lining we've been on that train and I like Trevor Lawrence and I like Dougie P so that's enough with the Chargers again they're another one of those teams that we can throw on the scrap heap and you know talk about some other time yeah I do want to you know talk about another team that didn't even make the playoffs but I wish the Steelers would have taken notes from from the Chargers, man. I wish Matt Canada, Canada would have got canned. Coming out with the news today that he was going to be our offensive coordinator this season 2023 really hurt my heart as a Steelers fan. Um, you know, don't need to talk about much about teams that aren't in the playoffs, but, man, that I I do – understand it from a business and a team standpoint off season with Kenny Pickett um if they don't succeed this year he'll be the scapegoat to to bring a new the 2024 season but and what I really do is throw different OCs at Kenny Pickett when he's still developing a little bit he's still got some work to do so he only has a year left on his contract Matt Canada that is and He's always been the worst offensive coordinator in the league, and our scheme is trash. It's a high school theme, but teams call out what plays we're running. 
you know, they call out same play, it's same, the same play. play. Exactly. And, you know, we don't try to throw anything at the defense. So it's just the Chargers offense was better than ours. And we didn't fire ROC like they did. So it's very hurtful as a Steelers fan. But, you know, I kind of a little bit get where they can come from. Like I said, this is last year on his contract. He'll be the scapegoat when we suck again this year. And we'll have new a new OC 2024. I know that. But I don't want to sit and deal with another year of watching a Matt Canada offense. But Well, that's that's one of my things with Tom Tomlin is I feel like he's always been kind of loyal to a fault when it comes to his coordinators. But I'm going to have to hit you with a line that I've hit you with a couple of times now about the Steelers. Let's talk about some teams that matter and get to the next week. <laughs> the the game that nothing wrong with it, you know, besides that the Seahawks were up by one coming going into halftime. Um the 49ers just dominated the Seahawks and we've seen an end to the Seattle Seahawks season. Yeah, again, they should have just been happy to to be there. And like we both really thought it would go, they they were competitive for a couple of quarters, and then ultimately the the better team prevailed. So that's really all that can be said. The Niners are just a simply a much better team than the Seahawks when it comes to talent, and then you know the even the scheming as well. So there's not a whole lot to be said. The Niners took care of business, and they're advancing, and they they look really really strong. Yeah, Brock Purdy became the first quarterback to ever throw four touchdowns in a playoff game, which which brings me to the question that playoff debut. I think it's a game. There's okay. Any quarterback to throw four touchdowns in a playoff no, game? Trevor first, Lawrence did that. First rookie quarterback to mm, ever okay. throw four touchdowns in a playoff game. That's okay. What, that's what I said. All right. Which brings me to the question that I know what I want to answer, but it's very hard. It, is Brock Purdy that man? Or is playing quarterback for the 49ers so easy I could go out there and do it? Well, if you didn't leave, if you didn't make such extremes with your options there, I think I would say that the latter, as far as that scheme is great. It's so quarterback friendly that, you know, really anyone who knows what they're doing and doesn't have a noodle arm can can do well. Now, I do think he's got some good to him. So, like, he deserves credit because obviously – uh, Jimmy G didn't look like this, at least not this year. And Trey Lance didn't look like this at all. So he deserves credit. I don't want to discount what he's done, but the lion's share of that credit, I think has to go to that Niners system because we've always said, you know, they're a quarterback away. Now I always kind of thought it was, they were an established quarterback away. Now Brock might be completely changing that narrative. So for me, he deserves some credit, but I, I got to go with the scheme. Yeah. I mean, in all seriousness, he's been, He's been playing very good football. Uh, I, he's been playing lights out. It is. It's for me. It definitely that scheme is very good. And me and you have always even said, you know, a back quarterback and put him in the Shanahan scheme and they'll look serviceable. And Brock Purdy, for me, looks like. I think that he he'll be the starter for them next year. He looks. He looks like he's he's playing good, man. And I'm not like sold on it that he's some really good quarterback, but I think for for that team, I think he can be a really good quarterback for that scheme and that team. I agree. It seems to be a perfect fit, at least thus far. But one thing we know about the NFL is it's it's short memories. It's what have you done for me lately? So that can change in a week, depending on what goes down. But at least thus far, he has been aces. Well, let's. Let's forget about the wild card round. Let's get into our divisional round picks. Yes, Unless you have something you would like to say more about wild card weekend. Let's get on to the the elite eight here. These are some excellent games across the board. I don't see any letdown games. I think things shook out in a great way for the matchups that we have this week. So I'm I'm excited to dive in. What do you want to dive into first? What game? Let's go in order. All right. Well, start it off. I want to hear your pick. 
Okay, so if I'm not mistaken, the first game is the Jacksonville Jaguars Yep, visiting the Kansas City Chiefs. So the Chiefs are coming off a bye. The Jags are coming off the the comeback of the, the year, one of the most epic comebacks of all time. And with that, obviously this is a different matchup than I predicted. You know, I had Chargers Chiefs here, and, you know, I had the Chiefs winning this matchup as well. So this was a tough one for me to go ahead and reevaluate. I'm, you know, before I give my pick, a couple of storylines that I'm excited. It's one in particular is Doug Peterson versus Andy Reid. Because if for anyone who doesn't know, Dougie P came from the Andy Reid tree. And obviously they both have a Super Bowl. You know, they're connected stylistically. And and obviously they both have their ties together that way. So that's a really cool matchup. I think that'll be fun to see those two offenses scheme up some really interesting plays and some some gutsy plays they're both very very ballsy coaches and they play very they call very aggressive games so i'm excited to see how that plays out i'm excited to see how the stars align as far as the you know the jacksonville their their star defenders that they have how that plays out against that chiefs offense how patrick mahomes versus trevor lawrence looks obviously we saw a sneak peek in the regular season but that was a different jags team so i'm excited to see those things before i i give my pick there And that being said, I am sticking with my upset instincts. I'm going with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, sir. I've got them winning this one, a tight one, 28-24. The big things going into that, Dougie P, I think, will scheme up an excellent game plan and will bring out some big tricks, bigger than Reed, that will tip the scales in a lot of ways. But how it will remain close, I'm going to have to give it to the Jags defense. Now that they have some tape, on how they play against the Chiefs, I expect them to come out with a very aggressive and physical play style. I expect man coverage and them to bring pressure. Tyson Campbell, he's the best cornerback that you've never heard of, and he is going to do a lot of work in press man coverage while Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker take it to to Patrick Mahomes, knock him up a little bit. Game stays close because the Chiefs and Mahomes are excellent, but at the end of the day, Josh Allen prevails over Patrick Mahomes, just not the Josh Allen that we thought preseason. Um, I mean, I don't know what to say. It's, it's a pick. It's an opinion. Good for you, you know. But wow. uh, <laughs> I got I got Kansas City thirty eight twenty four. Um, Kansas City is too good. Jags are lucky enough they even got past the Chargers. They're lucky enough to be playing in the divisional round. I think they're at their peak this season. I don't think they. They, they make it any further. Um, the Chiefs aren't the Chargers. You know, the Chiefs are fine playing with the lead. I think Jags can make it a game, keep it interesting for a little bit. But, you know, one mistake by them. And and it, it's – like I said, they're too good. They're built for playing – built for being up. They're, they're not the Chargers that are going to blow a 27-point lead. So – Congratulations to Trevor Lawrence. Congratulations to Dougie P. Congratulations to the Jags. They made it to the divisional round. They've hit their peak this season. And Kansas City will be in the in the in the AFC championship. Well, we're gonna have a lot of disagreements this week, so it'll be refreshing, you know, as opposed to last week where we were five out of six and on the same page. So this is you know our first one. And I'm that's our first game of the weekend. So we'll someone will get an early head start. So that's that's something we'll we'll know in just a couple of days here how who's right there and how that plays out. But regardless, I'm just excited to watch. Is the second game Giants Eagles? I'm almost a hundred percent certain. <laughs> okay, so we'll dive into Giants at Eagles. And as much as the Eagles impressed me last week, as Giants. much as they Giants as much as the Giants impressed me last week and as much as Danny Dimes played well and Saquon played well and the defense played well they played the Vikings and I have a feeling that the Eagles are going to come out a little flat coming off that first round by and I think the Giants are going to come out strong but I just think the Gi- the Eagles are, are overall to lose this game it's very hard to beat a team three times and I still think the Eagles are going to do it. Uh, I think it, it, if the Giants can bring what they brought last week, keep it up, I actually wouldn't be surprised if the Giants did win the game. But, you know, my pick, 
I've got the Eagles. They're still a good team. They're 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 not frauds like the Vikings. I think it'll be a close one. I think it'll it'll be Eagles twenty eight to twenty. But overall, my pick for winning the game is the Eagles. But I do see the Giants making it a game. I 100% agree. I think everything you said was spot on. You know, the Giants with how impressive they looked, I think they will carry some of that over, but it's going to be a lot harder. Like you said, they're not going against that Vikings, you know, ultra soft Charmin, whatever toilet paper defense. They're actually going against a real team. And, and with that, I do think the Giants will, will keep it gritty. They'll keep it tough. I think they'll have a good game plan to, to bottle up Hurst who or Hurts who might still look a little rusty after the injury and the bye. But at the end of the day, the Eagles are too talented. I think they will escape in a 24-17 like defensive grinder. It'll never feel like the Eagles are you know really in jeopardy, but they'll always be you know on you know on their toes because the Giants are right there one strike away from really breaking you know breaking this into a tight game. But I've got I've got the Eagles by seven. You've got them by eight. So not a whole lot more to be said there. I think that's a much better game than I would have uh, I would have anticipated about a month ago when the Eagles absolutely stomped the Giants. But that's one of the beautiful things about football is that it's the ultimate team sport. It's you know it's the it's the bracket buster sport because it's a single elimination and it's not March Madness. Maybe it's you know uh, jokey january joker january i don't know but it's it's awesome to watch so i'm excited to watch that one as well which i wouldn't have thought so going you know going back a few weeks but we're we seem to be on the same page with that one yeah something i do um i am a little worried about with the eagles is you know i am a big believer in jalen hurts i do think he's he's a good quarterback and i do think he means a lot to the eagles and their success exactly like, is, is he, he even good. enough to, to be 100 or, or 90% going into this game? And that could be a very big factor if they win or lose. Yeah, definitely. He's going to need to be special because you know that the Giants are going to have a, a game plan to where they're going to make him beat them. And specifically, Wink Martindale, the uh, the defensive coordinator for the the Giants, I know something he said in the past when he was playing a mobile quarterback. I forget exactly the situation, but he said basically, if we can make him throw 40 times, we're going to win this game. And I bet that's what their strategy is going to be. So it's going to be all on, on Hertz on if he can hit those those throws to Devontae Smith or, or A.J. Brown like he did against the Titans earlier this year. I think he'll do enough to win the game. But had this been against a more elite or dynamic team, it probably would have been not enough. But for this specific situation, I think Hertz will have enough in him. I don't think he's 100%, probably more so like 90%, but it's football. It's January. That's that's the case for most people anyways. So not a huge deal for me. I think we got next is the Cowboys, Cowboys Niners. What a classic matchup. This is actually the ninth time that the Cowboys and the 49ers have matched up in the playoffs, which I believe is tied for the most all time, or maybe it was second most, but I think, it, I think it was tied for the most matchups all time in the playoffs. Obviously a rematch from last year, which is, you know, really interesting, super different circumstances. Like obviously there's no Jimmy G this time around McCaffrey's there now. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. It looks like the Niners have gotten a lot better since then, but it, I don't know if the Cowboys have or not. I'm not super confident one way or the other there. But regardless, this if it weren't for the game happening later in the day, this would probably be the game of the weekend. Yeah. What what's we both have the same pick, I know, because you know the 49ers were in the Super Bowl for both of us. But it's I can't knock the 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 Cowboys out yet, but because is Brock Purdy finally due to hit his wall? Is he is he finally due to have a bad game? Is he finally due to lose a game? He's been on he's he's undefeated since since becoming the starter. And it's weird because I don't like the Cowboys, but I do see if it's America's team. It's it's gonna happen against the Cowboys, of course. And but I 
I think that the the 49ers are way too good overall. Defense is is great. Offense is 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 great. And like you said, are the Cowboys great? Every every year it's Cowboys are Super Bowl contenders, but are they this year? I, I don't know, but for me, I got I got the Niners. I think it'll be a high scoring game. I think it'll be like a, a 31-28 game. So I've got I've got the Niners 38. Wait. Yeah. 31-28. I've got the Niners 31-28. Yeah, and you're right. I'm sticking with the Niners too. For for me, I actually see it a little differently though. I, I think this will kind of be a little bit more of kind of like how I talked about the the Eagles Giants. I see this being a little bit more of like a like a gritty boxing type match. I think this will be a grinder. I've got San Francisco 26-20 and the reason being is one of the big storylines for this game for for me is Dan Quinn versus Kyle Shanahan. You know, with the you know, bringing those two against each other or pitting them against each other again, those two that were were once upon a time the 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 primary brass for the Atlanta Falcons that went to the Super Bowl that historically, you know, or that blew that historical twenty eight to three lead. Obviously, the roles are reversed now. Quinn is the coordinator and Shanahan's the head coach, but I think that'll be an interesting chess match there. And with that, I think the Cowboys will make Brock Purdy uh, uncomfortable at least. I don't know if it'll be like a meltdown game, like a, a Cooper Rush, you know, come back down to earth game earlier this year. But I do expect him to be more so like, you know, maybe throws one touchdown, one pick, looks a little shaky at times. But at the end of the day, the big differentiator is the 49ers run game. It's it's excellent with, you know, not just Christian McCaffrey, obviously is the big one you think of, but, Elijah Mitchell's solid and Kyle Juszczyk is, you know, the juice. He's, he's a good weapon to have. And Debo is an X factor when you put him in the backfield. So the diversity that they have there and that also playing against the, the weakness of the Cowboys defense, which is the run defense. Obviously it played well, it played out well for the Cowboys going against the bucks because the bucks couldn't run, but this will be a much more creative offense that they face. So I think, the Niners will consistently have pretty good drives, but I think they'll stall out often enough because again, the Cowboys will make them uncomfortable. And on the Cowboys side of things, Dak is going to come back down to earth. You know, I I don't think he'll totally flop, but he's not going to look how he did on Monday night football. And that in addition to the Cowboys having two less days of preparation slash rest ultimately gives the edge for me to the Niners. 26, 20 is my pick there. So we're, on a similar track, just we see the game playing out a little differently as far as how we get there. Same end result. Yeah, and, and it's just it's gonna be a battle of of coaches, you know. Um, Big Mike, Demarco Ryan's is 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 a great coach as well, and the 49ers defense is, I said earlier, it's 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 great. They play great football. I don't think that the Cowboys' offense is is necessarily good enough to beat the Niners defense. And like you were saying that I don't think their their run defense is definitely not good enough to beat the, the Niners run game. Christian McCaffrey is going to have his way with with the the Dallas defense and I definitely don't see Purdy having only one touchdown, one pick that much of um he's he's been pretty clean with the ball, so I mean, we're going to see – it's it's a big toss-up game for me. Don't really know what we're going to see. Is it going to be a sh- battle of the defenses? Who who knows for me, honestly. That's the NFL for you. <laughs> All right. Well, then let's get to the last game of the weekend, strategically placed because it is the the biggest catch when it comes to the battle of quarterbacks for, for Cincinnati heading to Buffalo. Joe Burrow and Josh Allen, we're, we're going to get to see it, and that's that's an exciting one. How, how do you see that playing out? Uh, obviously, Cincinnati is my pick to win the Super Bowl, so I've got Cincinnati all day. Um, they both looked shaky, but you know they both have good offenses, shaky defenses. Uh, it's going to be 
like I kind of touched on earlier, Cincinnati with the O line injuries, it's it's gonna be tough, but I think it's a shootout. I got Cincinnati 38 31. Uh, big game. Full site, you know, rematch of a repeat of, of, of that DeMar Hamlin game. That we never got to see the, the true potential there to see what would happen. And like we touched on earlier with Buffalo, they've got injuries on defense. Cincinnati has injuries to the O line. But the firepower that, that the Bengals have and the firepower that the Bills have both on offense. It's, it's going to be a fun game to watch. I do have Cincinnati just getting that edge because, you know, it ultimately for me comes down to can Josh Allen take care of the football? Like you kind of touched on earlier too, his turnovers this year have been been bad. And with him being so risky and, and kind of careless with the football, I, I've got to give – the edge Cincinnati who Joe Burrow takes care of the football better. And, you know, it's, it's just a, a very hard thing for me to get past uh, with Josh Allen turning the ball over. Great player, obviously great quarterback. They have a good offense, both firepower offenses, but ultimately I got, I got the edge Cincinnati due to, I think Josh Allen's going to have a couple turnovers this week again. I hear you. And had I had that been my Super Bowl pick, I'd be doing the same thing. And on that note, to that end, I am doing the, you know, the reverse for a lot of the same reasons. You know, like I see the game playing out very similar to to you do, you know, minus the Josh Allen turnover to, you know, to to ultimately blow it. I've got Buffalo 3130. I see this as a total coin flip game. You know, one of the oddest rematches in you know recent memory, obviously with everything that tragically happened last time around. So a, a true rematch isn't even something you can necessarily call it. But I think these two teams man, match up very well stylistically and kind of like how we touched on uh, previewing the the last time they were supposed to to face up. So ultimately, it's a game that could go either way. I'm gonna give it to I'm gonna give it to the Bills. Just because, again, they're they're my pick, and I want to stick to them, and and I want to root for them to to have that happen. But also, I, I don't know. I th- I feel like Josh Allen with the turnover problems. It seems like at least the last couple of years, one when he knows the opposing quarterback is elite, he seems to tighten in a little bit better. Like if you think about against the the Chiefs earlier this year when Buffalo beat them. So for me, I think he'll be able to clean it up enough while still having the special. Uh, I'm taking that 31-30 score. I have no idea how we're going to get there. Is that's kind of an odd score to get to in in football, but that's that's predicting scores. It's difficult, and we're we got similar thought processes, but we're both sticking with our guns. So no surprises there. We have yeah. two agreements and two disagreements. Yeah. So so fifty fifty. Someone best someone's going to come out as well. Best we would disagree on is fifty fifty. So um, it's. And the two games that, well, personally, I feel like different on it, they both can go either way. You know, you've got Casey and Jags. That one is a, a little. You went with the underdog there, but you know, you never know. Like it's, it's any given any given football game, and the Jags could do it. Casey could come out flat, but the Cincinnati Bills one could literally quite literally go anyway so not gonna hold if buffalo doesn't make it i'm not gonna hold that one too far against your head but you know you better hope the jags make it because because i'll come at you for that one gotta risk it for the biscuit and i want that biscuit so you gotta gotta do what you gotta do and we'll, we'll see how it shakes out again it's gonna be a really a really fun week i don't really have any more to add to to those games before we get to our next segment but before we get there anything on your side no i'm i'm, I'm pretty good i'm pretty good um should be an exciting divisional week so so we'll see but yeah i'm ready ready to hear these questions that you got for me Ready? We've got the uh, the really the debut here of the question king. I've got some questions lined up for Drake, and 
the first four of them he is prepared for. He knows what they are, but surprise, surprise, I've got a couple at the end that I didn't let him prepare for. Just going to give him a little bit more of that gut call type of thing later. But for the first four, we'll both touch on them and give our takes there. So we'll, we'll start right away with going back to the game we talked about earlier. Lamar Jackson did not play or go to the game. He wasn't on the sideline. He didn't make the trip. He said it was due to you know rehab and recovery and whatnot there. So obviously that's not a great look. You know, Rodgers on the other side of things for, for the Packers is flirting with retirement, even actually floating the potential, the potential that he goes somewhere else. So with those two quarterbacks, those two MVPs of the past couple of seasons here, Lamar and Rodgers, who is more likely to return to their team next year? Um, I think it's Lamar, Lamar 100%, because if the Ravens pay Lamar, I don't think Lamar wants to leave. Lamar just wants his money. And if the Ravens will pay Lamar, which they need to do, he he clearly is like their it factor between being a winning and a losing team. Um, if they pay him, he'll be back 100%. And we've seen Rodgers kind of hint at maybe he'll retire, maybe he'll 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 go to a different team if he still wants to play. He doesn't want to be a part of a rebuild. You know, he, he struggled this year with with all the rookies and, and the young guys there. And I know you want to see it differently, but I don't see him with the Packers next year, whether it's retirement or he decides he still wants to play. And he said, you know, if he still wants to play and, and they're a part of a rebuild there, he's going to have to do it somewhere else. So I don't see him going somewhere else. I think he'll retire, but if he still wants to play and, and he wants – they the Packers want to give the edge to Jordan Love, then obviously you'll have different different thoughts, I believe, because you're you're always got Rodgers back. But for the the question, I I think Lamar it has a higher percent chance of of being back. I hear you, and for all the reasons that you said, I with the way that the question is framed, who's more likely? I would take Lamar for everything that you said. And ultimately, obviously the Ravens have a lot more control in that situation than the Packers do with Rogers. I do expect both to, to happen both to return, but with the Packers, since I've seen that movie before, IE Favre and Rogers, I, you know, I can obviously see scenarios to where he doesn't end up back on the Packers, whether it be retirement, whether it be getting traded elsewhere. Uh, again, I see both happening, but if I had to pick one, I would bet Lamar's. I think that's the safer bet, but, to, to go on to the next one, we've got another quarterback, a an older quarterback to talk about again, you know, a little older than Rodgers even. That's Tom Brady. You know, we watched that game. We talked about how bad the Bucs looked, and that really begs the question. You know, obviously everyone's thinking that Brady's going to retire. Maybe he goes elsewhere. But in general, if Brady leaves the Bucs, i.e. retirement or going to another team, and then the Bucs collapse, as I certainly feel that that's what they would do with their all-in mentality here, was it worth the trip if they end up going into a five to ten year rebuild? Was it worth the trip, as in like bringing in Brady in general? Yeah, exactly that. I mean, he brought you a Super Bowl, so all in all, I think it was worth it. Yes, but like you said, I do think that if Brady's gone, the Bucks are done for the next multiple years. So. Was it worth it? Yes, because you got a Super Bowl out of it. You got that story. You were the team that, that Brady left the Patriots for. It's not necessarily his you know, fault that they collapsed. It's They battled injuries this year. They, You can't have a 40-plus-year-old quarterback throwing the ball 60 times in a playoff game. And that's not his fault. But was it worth it? Yes. It's 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 always worth it to win a Super Bowl, bring a Super Bowl to your franchise. So even if they're bad for the next five years, you still have that Super Bowl from 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 six years ago. So it's it was worth it in a way. It was, but it it's future wise, yeah. It's it's tough to look at that way. But you got Tom Brady, you got a Super Bowl. You, you seen your flaws. It they they fired Leftwich. Kind of looks like they're they're in a 
a quote rebuild. So we'll see what the the future holds for the Bucks. But to answer your question, yes, it was worth it. I mostly agree. I say reluctantly, it's worth it. Like, but you know, like you got the Super Bowl ring. Obviously, that's what counts the most. But they're gonna pay for it in the long term for sure. But given that they were nowhere close to to getting there before he got there, I, I do think it's worth it. Though. Uh, maybe in five years, we, you know, fans of that team would look back at, at five terrible seasons and just be thinking like, man, did we really need to go that all in or should we have gotten more, et cetera, et cetera. But we're, we seem to be on the same page with that one. And who knows? You never know with Tom Brady. He may, he may post uh, that he's retiring and then come back a month later. So we'll see there. And the, the last quarterback question for, for this side of things, for the question King is going to be in regards to the Vikings based on everything that we saw and the apparent ceiling on Kirk cousins, is it time? Should the Vikings move on from Kirk? Now, let me just clear this up. I don't like Kirk cousins. Never have. I I think he's very mediocre middle of the pack quarterback, but I don't know who's out there or who's going to be out there. That's going to make him better necessarily. I don't necessarily think that Kirk was even the issue this year. Um, that horrible defense was the issue. So I think you you keep Kirk, you fix your defense. Kirk and Justin Jefferson, That's that can be something that they can build off of, and it's a relationship that they can have, and that's something you want. And what – quarterback that's out there are you going to bring that is younger than Kirk and is better than Kirk and wants to play in Minnesota wants to play in a dome and wants to play in the cold and wants to be in the NFC North and it's like I said I think you fix your defense that was what the issue was this year that's what the issue's kind of been and you keep Kirk you roll with it he's still playing mid-level playing serviceable and something that that him and Justin Jefferson can build off of but you fix that defense maybe they can be less of a fraud I agree you said it the only thing I don't agree is that you know you said you don't like Kirk I do like Kirk but everything else you said is accurate like he's he wasn't the problem like obviously he was the one who pulled the trigger on the head scratching mistake at the end to you know live up to check down Charlie Kirk at at the way end of that game but again at the end of the day with the you know with the firepower they had with the position they were in they should have had a stronger defense they should have had a team built a little bit more to to win with a with a mid-level quarterback obviously Kirk has a ceiling and he has won a playoff game in Minnesota when they went to to New Orleans, you know, once upon a time to beat Breeze in and company there in overtime. So he's shown that he can win at least a crucial game. Now, he'll never be the favorite with Kirk Cousins. You never will be. So if there is a better option, you pull the trigger. But like you mentioned, unlikely that there ultimately is one, especially on the open market. That's just not how quarterbacks work. So you certainly stick with Kirk, but you you always keep your eye out in case something comes along there. Now, a non-quarterback question here is more of a theoretical. For this upcoming week, the two one-seeds, whose loss, if that were to ultimately come to fruition, would be a bigger failure, Kansas City or Philadelphia? Like, if they both lost. Yeah, let's say, like, yeah, let's say if they both lost, whose loss would be a bigger failure? That's tough. Obviously, I want to say Kansas City because you have that firepower offense. You have best offense, and you know they both were tied for the best record. So you can't say you have the best team, but you know you're gonna have the reigning MVP. But then again, on on the other hand, it's like maybe it wouldn't be that much of a letdown because you lost Tyree kill. So the firepower on your offense went down, but then on the Eagle side, you have, this is Jalen hurts year. It was his prove it year. He proved it. They were undefeated at one point. They were looked at as like the best team in the league. If you lose to the giants, 
who you put a beat down on in the regular season, that would be kind of embarrassing. Patrick Mahomes losing to Trevor Lawrence probably wouldn't be that embarrassing because, like you touched on for your pick, they do have a good defense. And you got Trevor Lawrence. They have a good offense. They have a good coach. So for me to pick a team, it's very hard because they would both be very embarrassing, very, very, very bad. (laughs) So uh, I'd probably just stick with Kansas City because they are looked at as the best team in the league. So I'd say – Kansas City. I follow your logic there. For for me, it ultimately came to my choice of being the Eagles. Mostly, you know, well, one, before even kind of going into that, regardless if even either of these teams did happen to lose, they're in a really good spot when it comes to draft capital and, and young cores of their team. So they'll both be, you know, very well off. The big difference for me is that the Chiefs know Patrick Mahomes is excellent. They know he's elite. They know he's an all-time talent. So there's no questions there regardless of what happens this weekend. For the Eagles, Jalen Hurts is still unproven when it comes to playoff football. So if he, you know, if they lost and if he had a total stinker, then ultimately you're going to be sniffing around like, you know, what's what smells here? Like we have such a great team. We made these, you know, these investments to go get AJ Brown and go pick up James Bradbury and and go trade for Gardner Johnson. You make all these big moves, you know, again, you're still set up for the future, but you 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 think you can win now. The NFC is so wide open. Will it be this wide open for long? I'm not sure. Will the Rams come back strong next year or the Packers or anyone else like that? So this is a really good shot for them. For me, it comes down to the Eagles because of the uh, unproven quality of Jalen Hurts, as well as just all of the moves that they did make to to go ahead and win right now. So that's who I ultimately went with. I, I don't see them losing, but if they ultimately did, that would be a massive letdown for me, especially you know the salt in the wound is that it would happen to your division rival and one that you're clearly better than. Like that hurts. You know that just hurts. You know not Jalen Hurts. That hurts <laughs> pain wise. Yeah, definitely. You you heard me going through it. It's very it's it was a hard decision, but with with KC as well though, it's like if you lose, yeah, you you got Patrick Mahomes, but you know, do you need another firepower receiver right. like Tyreek in order to get to that next level? So it would be a blow to both of them, but I definitely feel you on on why the Eagles would that would hurt them because there was even talks going into this year is can Hurts be that guy and like I said this was his prove it year he proved it during the regular season um let's see what he can do in the playoffs yeah absolutely I don't see them both losing but Hey, last year, both one seeds lost. You know, my Packers lost to the Niners and the Titans lost to Joe Burrow's uh, Cincinnati Bengals. So it's it's super possible that it does ultimately happen again. I don't see it, but we're you know, we we have similar logic in regards to that. So we're not very far off, but obviously it's a huge letdown for for anyone who loses in the playoffs in general. But now to to move on from the the questions there, we're actually going to get to the part that Drake was not prepared for because I did not tell him. And that is going to be a series of rapid fire questions. We've got mad fast here, and those will be coming from me, the question king here. And here are the rules for the game. They're very simple. I give you a question. You make your gut call right away. No explanation, no thinking. It's just two seconds. What comes to your mind first? for my either or true false yes or no questions i am not allowed to give my opinion either do you understand the rules sure okay all right well let's get started the first question are you ready is your brain fired up to to fire on all cylinders here of course okay all right first question who is the better quarterback today kirk cousins or russell wilson kirk if the Cowboys make the Super Bowl, is Dak elite? No. Who is the better quarterback today, Josh Allen or Joe Burrow? Uh, Joe Joe Burrow. <laughs> <laughs> 
True or false? True or false? Dallas has a better backfield on offense than San Francisco. False. Ooh. True or false? Kenny Pickett throws for thirty touchdowns next year. False. <laughs> True or false? The Chicago Bears trade the number one overall pick. False. They can't mess that one up. Wow. True or false? Pineapple belongs on pizza. It can. True. Okay. True or false? Hot hot dogs are a sandwich. False. <laughs> Good thing I wasn't able to speak there. Otherwise, I would have had some very different answers to some of those. But that's that wraps up the the mad fast from the question king here. I like that. We'll uh we'll do that every week. Every week. <laughs> <laughs> every week. Don't I worry, I got some you, for you next week. The one you answered the fastest was if Kenny would throw 30 touchdowns. That was a <laughs> that was a H E double hockey sticks no. <laughs> next year uh, uh, 30 no 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 shot maybe 2024 when we have a new oc but next year no shot i was debating between 30 touchdowns or 4000 yards so if i said 4000 yards would you have said yes nope throw wow, for so... yeah no no shot Mm-mm. man that's like 260 yards a game Dude, I don't even know how many yards he had this year. Like nineteen hundred, something like that. <laughs> yeah, no, no. With with a Matt Canada led offense, the no, he'll run for, you know, he might have thirty total touchdowns, but he's not gonna throw for thirty. That's fair. I didn't. I mean, I kind of. I thought you might say yes, but then I also, I also didn't. I didn't think you would have such a purely you know, punt on next season take because of Matt Canada. I know you hate the guy, but come on. Kenny we can have, carry, right? <laughs> we have the we have had the worst offense in the league with Matt Canada running our offense. So there's no reason for me not to have no faith in, in our offense. We we can do it, but we heavily rely on our defense and we've got stars on our offense that can't get going and it lies on Matt Canada. And I know it does because Kenny Pickett has shown flashes. Yeah, he was a rookie. He didn't play amazing. But coming out after the bye, he did play great. He played good. And the pick, it, was the where, where the issues beginning. But he, he cleaned that up. He had, like, I think it was only one pick after the bye towards the end of the, end of the, end of the year. So he was very clean after that. And. That's what you want from a quarterback to be clean. And Matt Canada just is not clean and he's terrible and horrible. And our offense isn't good. And yeah, I could go on for days about this, but I'm not going to because All the right, Steelers Drake. aren't in the playoffs. This we'll is talk about in the off season. This isn't sad talk hosted by Steelers fans only. <laughs> well, it turned into that because God, I was so hurt when I seen that news that Matt Canada was staying. <laughs> it really ruined my whole day. Well, hopefully you get the uh, uh, you get to have some, I guess, sort of validation for beating me out in picks this week. Last week, I edged you out by just one game as we only had the one difference. But this week with the two differences, you know, perhaps you can get some some revenge there. So you got that to look forward to as well as just an awesome week of football. Yeah, and I think that'll wrap it up for the day. Yep, I got nothing else on on my end. I want to thank everyone again for listening in. Hopefully you've been doing so for a couple of weeks now. Feel free to give us, or please actually, give us a uh, subscribe on Spotify and give us a follow on Instagram as well. Yes, thank you for tuning in this week. Um, We'll have some, we're getting close to the Super Bowl, so we'll have some nice picks for you for you next week. We'll have some nice topics for you, and, and thank you for listening. That's all, folks.